Welcome to the Boost Health Podcast, where we are searching for wellness balance. Your host is Paul Sandberg, a certified strength and conditioning specialist with nearly 20 years of experience in the health and fitness industry and degrees in human biology and business. At Boost Health, our passion is to learn and share new wellness tactics and help individuals create their own personal health strategy. Join us on this journey of being open-minded and trying new things. You can learn more at MyBoostHealth.com. Welcome to the show. Find your balance. 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 Find your balance. That is our goal here at Boost Health. Welcome to episode number 49 of the Boost Health Podcast. Today's show features special guest Christina Lopez McLaughlin, founder of The Vibe Tribe. We had a great chat and cover lots of different wellness topics, including a midlife awakening versus a midlife crisis, gratitude beyond the five-minute daily habit, eco-friendly and upcycled fashion, what the best wellness retreat should include, the power of breathing, getting into the much sought after but rarely attained parasympathetic state and how Christina finds her balance. A couple quick announcements and then we'll jump right into the show. Join the Boost Health Facebook group. I created this community as a separate place to share wellness tactics, inspire each other, try new things and have some fun. It's a nice community of folks and right now we're talking about fasting. To join, just click the link for the Facebook group at the bottom of the homepage on myboosthealth.com, or you can click the group on the Boost Health Facebook page. Boost Health TV. The Boost Health podcast is now available via video format on the Boost Health TV YouTube channel. Boost Health TV also includes several awesome workout videos I created, including one that requires no equipment whatsoever, so you can do it anywhere, and another one that uses just dumbbells and body weight. And I've got a few others too to check out. I'll link to the channel in the show notes so you can check it out. Newsletter. If you haven't signed up for the weekly boost newsletter already, you can do so very simply by entering your name and email into the form on the homepage of myboosthealth.com. This way you don't miss any boost health news. Ask Paul. You can ask me a question to be answered on the show by clicking the green Ask Paul button. It's on the podcast Learn More page on myboosthealth.com. The question for this week is from Tom. Tom said, hey, Paul, been enjoying the podcast. I've been lifting weights a lot more lately, and I've been concentrating on basic compound lifts like squat, deadlift, hip thrust, etc. I've been following the 5x5 protocol, and I had a question regarding how much weight I should build up to. As a cyclist, my main goals for incorporating strength training are to balance out the fairly specific single plane activity with more compound movements and core strength, as well as for bone density and just building a stronger body overall. So what's a good goal to shoot for as far as weight by body weight? Should I be able to squat one and a half times my body weight, deadlift two times my body weight, or is this not really important? Any thoughts would be greatly appreciated. And I responded with, on the resistance goals, form should always be the primary focus. If advancing up in resistance means that form gets degraded, the form should not be increased. The athlete should go back and work on the mechanics of the lift 
and possible mobility limitations until the form is perfect. I know how it is to want to know how to measure against other athletes. And as such, there are some fair standards that I'll share. But keep in mind that there are many variables at play here, form and technique being the most important. Also, the build of the athlete can play a role. For example, an athlete with super long arms will do better at a deadlift than at bench press for obvious leverage reasons. Amount of time training can be another variable. So you'll notice I've broken these into different levels to help average things out. And these are for one rep maximum efforts. So for a novice who's been lifting for around a year or less, the barbell squat should be at 1.2 times their body weight for a one rep max. Barbell deadlift should be 1.5 times body weight for a one rep max. And barbell bench press should be at 0.9 times body weight for a one rep max. Now, intermediate level, this is for been training for around two years or more. Barbell squat at one and a half times body weight, deadlift at 1.75 times body weight, and bench at 1.1 times body weight. And then there's advanced for somebody that's been lifting for five years or more. Squat to uh, two times body weight. Dead Deadlift is at 2.4 times body weight and bench press at 1.5 times body weight. So as an example, let's say I'm 170 pounds and I'm at the advanced level. That would mean my goal would be to squat 340, deadlift 408, and bench press 255 for my one rep max. I actually wanted to answer his question a little bit more holistically too. So I followed up with a few questions for him. Uh, I asked how many days a week he was lifting and he was lifting two times a week, uh, Mondays and Wednesdays. And I actually suggested that he bump it up um, to three days per week. And I asked in season, how many uh, days does he cycle and which days of the week? And he said he's going on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then he rides on Saturdays and Sundays too for longer rides. Uh, And then I asked if, he had to be a little bit slower on the bike or a little weaker in the gym. What would he rather? Um, And would he be okay with being pretty strong in both uh, instead of excellent in one or the other? And he said he'd actually be okay with being a little bit slower on the bike if it meant building a better, stronger body overall. Uh, Because looking at the long term, he believes that building a stronger body will actually make it possible to get faster on the bike or at least enable to um, enjoy biking longer later in life. Uh, I asked if he was a pro cycling athlete as well. And he said, no. So basically I recommended he bump his strength training up to three days per week and make sure he wasn't training to failure. Uh, And this should increase his overall training volume and also maximize the adaptation and minimize the soreness for his rides. And I gently suggested he look at cycling more as a fun sport and a way of improving his cardio capacity and less about performing at a top level and just being more balanced overall, which it sounds like he's pretty in tune with. So thank you so much for your question, Tom. Hopefully it helps some others out there. And if you have a question, please send it in through the Ask Paul button. All right, now here is episode number 49, Raise Your Vibe and Your Consciousness, featuring Christina Lopez McLaughlin. All right, I have a special guest on my show today. Her name is Christina Lopez McLaughlin. I got, I got it right. I said it right. And she is a global citizen, earth and ocean guardian, and a human doing. We're going to hear what she means by human doing today. She has a passion for storytelling and co-creating, and she's merged 20 years of hospitality, brand, and event management with holistic business and lifestyle design, aligning her values. 
She crafts strategic brand storytelling, sales and marketing scope, and elevates the tribe, which is her clients, through holistic wellness coaching. The Vibe Tribe consults businesses for purpose, supporting the shift to brand your vibe with conscious intent and working to nourish and balance employees to get to know their brand from the inside out. Thank you so much, Christina, for joining the show today. Appreciate it. We made it. it. We, we made, made it. it. We tried for a little it was like while. Manifested a few months ago, and we're like, "Yeah, we made it." And then the days have gone. But well, you're yeah. you're a busy lady. You're not always in this city. You're no. you're bouncing around quite a bit. Yeah, last year was um was a great year of doing the human doing part, and I was away um, blessedly every month doing little little projects here and there. So. This year is uh, consolidating and a little bit less is more. So I don't intend to be away so much to, to be a bit more rooted in Hong Kong. Okay. So, yeah. So yeah. we might be able to get in touch with you a little bit easier Hopefully. this year in, in 2019. <laughs> that's, the, that's the intention. You never know. I'm a bit of a gypsy. <laughs> but but you must like to, to travel around and do different things. I mean, it seems like every time I saw you on Instagram, you were you know working with a different client at a different location or you were working with a, a wellness retreat, retreat somewhere. So you must like the, the traveling around piece of it somewhere, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, travel has been part of my life. Uh, ever since I was born. So I moved around every two to three years. Wow. So hence the global citizen. Yes. I have a New Zealand passport, but people always ask me, where's home? And uh, I have only recently learned that home is internal and not to to look externally, thinking that a specific place had to be home. So I am a traveler. Uh, and it's not that I think every, you know, there's something greener on the other side. I just love the discovery that travel brings and the older I'm getting, I am seeing that the world is really in my classroom. I learn so much from, from the tribe of people, the cultures and it, it, how many firsts do you get in life? And when you travel, that's an opportunity to spark a different side of our spirit and our mind for first time experiences, you know, which, which become rare more rare as we as we develop i think it's so true i mean i'm um i'm the son of a of a military uh parent my dad was in the air force and we moved around a lot but it was all within the continental u.s mm. and um sort of like a typical typical americans my wife and i didn't even have passports until we got the call to move to hong kong with with her company really? <laughs> so that probably sounds pretty crazy um but Is it's that actually like a typical american thing i mean there are certainly americans that are well traveled but yeah. it is a typical american thing to not wow. have a passport and just because there's you know there's so many things to see within our oh, country. for sure. Which is a great, which is which great, is great, which is great. But we have this whole new appreciation now for, you know, having the opportunity to travel and learn about different cultures mm. and different places in the world and why this beach is fabulous and this beach over here is fabulous mm -hmm. and, and, and understanding the pros and cons of different um, cultures and communities and appreciating mm -hmm. them for, for what they are is, is is something you just you can read about um you can hear your friends talk about it Not um but if you don't experience it it's yeah it's and different. you've gifted that to your kids now so they're they're one up on you they're like they have passports that oh yeah, yeah. big time way <laughs> ahead like, of us we're world season travelers <laughs> now mom and dad that's right that's right how many stamps do they already have yeah. it's my goodness they've they've had a lot of opportunity and that, that's the most important thing i mean mm -hmm. we were getting lots of 
um, lots of business opportunities, which is great. But the most important thing is their um, appreciation of the world now, that mm-hmm. this new worldview that they have that they could never have had. It's really cool. Yeah, that's definitely I I that one of the things I'm I'm grateful for, and you know, gratitude's used so much now. But truly, truly, the opportunity. And you talk about <clears throat> having a, a passport. For me, whenever I talk about travel, it's it's a gift, first of all, to have the opportunity to have an identity in the form of a passport, right? So first of all, you get that, you're able to have that identity, and then everything that comes with the travel, the the funds that, that allow you to do that, um, and, and then the health that allows you to get on that plane, you mm-hmm. know, de- depending if you're a healthy person and mobile. There's just so many layers to the gift of travel apart from getting to that destination. So there's the cliche of the journey behind before you even get on that plane. And oh, that's true. Yeah, so it's that's how I look at travel. It's not, it's not just... Um, it's a luxury on so many levels. So yes, I had a, a great year traveling, but a little bit uh, simplifying a little bit more and, and and trying to grow deeper, deeper roots into home base Hong Kong. Mm. When you, you said you traveled every two or three years when you were a kid, were mm-hmm. one of your parents, did they have to change locations for work? Is yeah, that what that was? so my father uh, is still a hotelier, so manages hotels. So we were fortunate enough to move around every two to three years. Again, an absolute blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, there was a moment in my life where the blessing became a bit challenging because even though you can probably tell I'm, I'm an extrovert, I don't have mm-hmm. a problem meeting meeting new people for the first time and having a conversation, which which is what I think my upbringing taught me moving around. Mm-hmm. But then there was a point in my life, I think in in my early 20s or my late teens, when I went to New Zealand again to further my education. And it was a a whole different way of of lifestyle where people went, you know, maybe it's the same in the States, probably everyone went to kindergarten together and then Mm -hmm. middle school and then. And there were these deep, deep rooted connections and friendships that spanned decades that had a lot of depth to it that made me back then feel totally out of place and inappropriate. Yes. So I felt like the black sheep when I went back to um, to New Zealand because people were talking about, oh, you know, when we were this and we were that. And I, could, I couldn't relate to that emotion of mm-hmm. way back then because I always had to make new friends and... So there was a plus and, and uh, a bit of a negative side to it too. Yeah, I, I felt that. I was always the new kid. Right. Um, I, my last move was when my dad retired, which was my sophomore year in high school. So mm-hmm. I was moving. It wasn't like it was every year. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved four, three times, four times if you include the move back to Kansas, mm-hmm. which is where all of our roots are. Yeah. But uh, I think there's something to be said about it sort of uh, molds your interpersonal skills. Mm-hmm. Like either that or you just don't meet anybody or have any friends. Cause if you're the new kid, there's not always going to be, especially in the teen years, there's not always going to be this outreach of effort by kids to mm-hmm. bring you into their clan. For so sure. I think that I, hopefully has been something that's helped us as well. Yeah. It's it interesting, right? What, to thinking of it now. And if you look at it, like in a psychological aspect, how did that, how did that potentially shape us? And, and a lot of, a lot of the, you know, as we've, we, we continue the chat, it's, it's really interesting where I'm at in this particular stage of, of my life where I'm 
deprogramming the program. And, hmm. and the, I, uh, I turned 43. <laughs> I'm saying that we're, on air. Yay, whoop, yay. Whoop. But see, turned... we're both in our 40s, and <laughs> yeah. we, but we're you know feeling good and, yes, and so talking good. about wellness. Right? Like I think I'm at, at, at that sweet spot, and long may it last for at least a, a couple more decades. Um, but I, I, someone was saying, oh, and they were only turning 35. They're like, I'm having a midlife crisis. I looked, <laughs> I looked at her like, a midlife what? He's like, first of all, you're turning 35. <laughs> Secondly, I said, how about you look at it this way? It's not a midlife crisis. It's actually a midlife awakening. And that's how I'm, how I'm interpreting this social term that we've called like midlife crisis to, it's actually for me, uh, the awakening or the awareness of what my life in the past 30 to 40 years has consisted of to as far back as I can remember. Mm -hmm. Um, and what is it that has served me and what is it, what are the things that haven't? And usually that's why I, I personally think there's this massive shift where people think it's a crisis because they're all of a sudden wanting to run a marathon or they're like, I'm actually going to buy that boat that I, you know, don't have any money for. It's kind of this carpe diem, uh, thing because we've realized, wow, you know, it's, we're at this point, there's. The, the, the finish line is who who knows when the finish line even is, but let's do let's do what we want to do. Yeah. And so I think we see that as a crisis, but it's kind of more like, well, actually, the person's probably just woken up a little bit and realized what's important. So I I, I put that forward to to my friend. I'm like, why don't you look at why don't we shift the language and and introduce it that way? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's almost like you're you're coming across this wisdom of this uh, curriculum of whatever it is that's led you to that place. And you can look at it as something that's scary, like, oh, maybe I'm halfway through this journey. Or mm-hmm. you can look at it as I've got all of this data mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to use all the stuff. Like I always say, take 1% from everybody. I'm going to mm-hmm. use all those things that I learned, create my own wellness curriculum and just so shoot for the next 40. Let's, let's, for sure. let's be as strong as we can be. Let's yep. be as healthy as we can be. Let's yep. pay attention to, you know, everybody around us as much as we can. So, yeah. and know, that in itself is a gift, you know, for, I think, and some people will resonate with this kind of discussion we're having. And some of you are like, I have no idea what, I, what you guys are talking <laughs> about. What vibe <laughs> are you talking about? But I'm all, all for, for using, the past in a positive way and, and trying not to go back to story so much that, that can sometimes weigh us down. Well, I'm talking from personal experience, Mm -hmm. you know, story has weighed me down quite a bit and really like letting go of that anchor and, and, and and rising up and using that. Yeah. 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 You're right. It is a gift. It's a gift. It's almost like, is a glass half full or half empty and, mm. and how you approach it. I think, um, you, you mentioned gratitude briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that is something that really can help with that on a daily basis. And if you're just introducing that, even if it's, they've shown, I've said this study a thousand times on my show, but five minutes of gratitude journaling every day mm-hmm. improves your long-term health by 10%. Mm-hmm. Totally <laughs> you're, you're not going to feel it. like you wasted your time after you just did that. You're going to feel better. And you can't, it's, it's so true and you know paul my journey into this has been i'm i'm a i'm a kindergarten student still in this in this 
awareness space or in this this spiritual path, whatever we want to call it, but purposeful, purposeful, uh, conscious daily path, basically. But you know, it's it's kind of gratitude for me at the beginning was the five minute making it part of the ritual and the routine mm-hmm. almost like brushing your teeth it was just like i had to do it because they say it takes 21 days to create a habit so do it for 21 days and you know don't do have it by your bedside and set an alarm and and it just became something where it shifted my emotion mm-hmm. so if we took look at it in a holistic sense you know mental wellness um relationships how i interacted with people you can't you can't be angry or or sad when you're truly truly grateful don't just go through the motions like i'm grateful for my cat <laughs> and i'm grateful that i had chocolate and I'm but really <laughs> right. like ask yourself what are you grateful for and now for me it's not five minutes at the end of the day or the beginning it's a consistent thing that i allow myself to go into like you know riding the bus here I rode the bus and um I was listening to your last podcast with Sonali whoop whoop shout out yay Sonali Uh, um so I was letting myself as I listened to that I was looking at uh outside and I was like grateful for the fact that I could see trees or that I have sight it's just like the basic things and some people might think that's a bit deep but I try and make it part of as much as my day as I can so that I remember that I'm actually the very small percentage in this world that has a privileged life. Like to really remember what my problems are. They are challenges, but really it's pretty darn cool. Mm-hmm. It's pretty darn cool. That's so I want to, I want to make sure we hit this point. Cause I think mm-hmm. this is interesting is, is making that step or evolution from it just being a habit to making it transcend into something that just is. Mm. So um, I've heard about meditation kind of going through that same process. So like mm. you do your 10 minutes mm-hmm. with your Headspace app or whatever, yeah. which I think yeah. is fantastic. One giant mind. Shout out Johnny Pollard. <laughs> oh, I'll check it out. I'll yeah, check it out. Do, we'll do. put it in the show notes. Yeah, Everything yeah. we talk about will be in the show notes for everybody. So I heard, um, I think it was Sam Harris said, who also has a meditation app coming out, that um, when you get really good at meditation, it's not just that 10 minute practice. It's almost like learning a language. Like once you become fluent in a language, your brain is just on autopilot. It just is. Mm -hmm. So is that kind of what you mean? Like now, now that you've kind of put in the work and laid that groundwork, now you can just sort of, that's just sort of there for you to pull from without thinking about it or do you still have to consciously go there uh there are there are more moments there's more there's a bigger piece of the pie that is just uh, uh, a knee-jerk reaction and it's just now part of it's part of my vibe mm-hmm. there are still moments that I have to do the work the deeper work and remind myself to be grateful when you know, normal human being has emotions and, and things that I find are challenging. I, I need to remind myself and that's where I go. I Mm. go to a place of, of gratitude, but more and more, I'd say 60 to 70, like, honestly, it's, it's a state of, of my vibe and being now. I definitely, 
uh, especially, well, it's not since even turning 43, it's been the past year and a half. I'm uh, definitely waking up each morning with a stretch and uh, I'm alive. Like I woke up mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I've had, I've had friends that have been ill. Um, m- there are more people that I know and it comes with getting more mature on this earth that are, are passing to the next cycle of life. So it just makes you really realize I was even saying, wow, I'm, I'm going to sleep at night and I just think I'm going to wake up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's just, all, I mean, we all do it. I certainly did. I was just like, oh, good night, honey. You know, not that I have a honey to, to say good night to right now, <laughs> but good night or see you or last text or whatever. And then tomorrow it's like planning the day and all of that. And it's not a negative thought that I'm trying to put in, but I, I started thinking like, wow, like the fact that I opened my eyes, took a breath, got to land my feet down. I'm healthy. It's like, that is a awesome gift. And that's my first gratitude. And that's automatic now. I don't mm. even have to sit there and be like, but I do, um, take a moment. It's part of my, my morning ritual. Yeah. I like that. Actually, I think I'm going to try that because I usually get up at four thirty or five and my mm-hmm. thought is not, I'm thankful that I am putting my foot out of bed. I'm saying that this is early. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time. I need but five cups of coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's actually really cool. And I, it's always just a joke with my, with my, um, personal training clients and group class folks that come to my early stuff is, mm-hmm. Oh, the hardest parts, you know, putting that first foot on the ground and then everything else is easy after that mm-hmm. joking because you know, the session itself is usually a good challenge, but I, yeah. I like that better. I like the mindfulness, mindfulness beginning as soon as you put your foot down and, and just being thankful that you're healthy enough to, to get up even if it is uh, before the crack of dawn. Yeah. Or even, you know, what I, what I'm, um, I'm, I use my, myself now in my life as a full experiment. So now I'm trying to, I'm, I'm kind of seeing when I wake up and I open my eyes to just lie there for a moment and observe what's around me, whether it's cracks in the ceiling or, you know, just kind of look and just be there. Even if it's for 10 to 15 seconds, just like lie there and like, whoa, okay, this is cool. I see this all the time, but you know, and just then move. So, so take that the first few moments. And I think it's also because of the work we do, we are up at that time, which Mm -hmm. I love. Wouldn't I love it? It's just Oh, especially in Hong Kong, right? right? It's like when I teach (laughs) at 6 a.m. and I have the door open and then I'm like, listen. (laughs) It's just like silence. It's like, this is golden, guys. it is. So people go, why do you wake up that early? And I'm like, try it. Have you heard of the 5 a.m. club book? I mean, I've been doing 5 a.m. for 20 years now. So for me, I'm like, it's part of my day. But now more and more studies are showing, right, getting up at, at that time and productivity levels and, and obviously the biorhythm of the sleep and what's happening. So, but yeah, that's my next thing is uh, a sight before I, I roll over. Well, yeah, that's still <laughs> that's a really good level. start because <laughs> I think, you know, with our phones and our computers and everything, like just getting into that parasympathetic state yeah. after your day has started is obviously really challenging. That's why mm-hmm. meditation is sort of becoming more and more popular because mm-hmm. people are realizing that they're not ever, ever going into a parasympathetic state. Yeah. And so they're shutting down at the end of the day. And so I like that just little start focusing instead of the first thing you do when you roll over is up, oh, let's see if there's any messages and 
Um, yeah, it's, I think that's a good start to the it's, day. But it's interesting because it's part of, even I have to, to train myself uh, daily, <laughs> you know, because we, the work that we do or, or the messaging that we, we do in our line, it, it is very much, uh, social media is the platform. Um, mm-hmm. and, and also for the, the people and the brands that I've been supporting and help, it's, it's part of, it's part of the deal. But for me, what I've very much been doing, especially for the past year, because I'm a believer and walk your talk as integrally and authentically as you can. So if you're going to teach teach your students or or talk to clients or coach do do that with 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 what you say so eight o'clock to eight o'clock phone is off wow phone is off phone is off there might be times where i'm on at nine if i'm chatting to a friend or if i have to finish something but usually the phone will be off by then and it's interesting because it will be on airplane mode and no one can get hold of me, you know, knock on wood, should something, an emergency happen. But that's, that's usually my, my rule. And it's a time for me to have that decompression from the day and that rise for, for the day to come uh, and do the rituals and, and just connect, hopefully face to face with someone. And yeah. if not connect with yourself, be at home without, that it's it's so distracting. I mean, it's not distracting. It's also so useful, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, what a great true. invention. Yes. <laughs> but but it's also, what did we do beforehand? Oh, you know, and and what were we doing with our hands more? Let's be more dexterous. Let's cook in the kitchen mm-hmm. at eight instead of ordering. Let's like doodle or write poetry or you know, I don't know, just do stuff <laughs> with yeah. our hands that are more dexterous rather than this or scrolling. So yeah. And have the face to face conversations plan. What I, what I like doing is trying to plan to have dinner or catch up with a friend around that time. And my phone is off because I'm spending two hours with my friend. Yeah, I don't yeah. need to be on this. I'd rather have like a convo face to face and laugh and connect. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. But it's practice. It's hard, especially in a city, the city that we live in, everything is, you know, even you and me, we've been chatting online where maybe we could have just done, hey, yo, dude, That's what's true. up, right? <laughs> That's true. So we probably even, would have accomplished it faster. You know, but we're all part of the the, the machine. Yeah. Yep. 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 Let's talk about Vibe Tribe. I want to talk about mm-hmm. your company, mm-hmm. one of your your companies. <laughs> yeah, one of, my, one of my vibes. Yes, one of your <laughs> many, vibes. Many, so many. Huh. So you started it um, back in New Zealand and yes. about what year was it and what was your uh, your initial objective with it and what has it sort of evolved to now? Okay, so we're now 2018, so 20, 2014, 2014, 2015. I was actually living in Singapore um, mm. at the time and um, met my then partner uh, who also happens to be a New Zealander and we decided to repatriate back to New Zealand after me being away for a decade and him being away for for two. And I, for the first time after working for 20 years in my life, had the opportunity, um, thanks to him, uh, to not have to work for any financial gain. So, you know, I, at, at that moment there was like, wow, this is, this is, this is the different chapters of Christina. So I was like, wow, that's cool. You know, don't need to work and I can just explore more of, of my yoga and, and do this and that. But it led me to being quite 
lack for a better term, lost. My compass wasn't working very well. Um, anyway, long story short, we moved back to New Zealand. And as I was navigating, I had to go back and do the work, do the work that I had learned, which what I, you know, try and coach people on, which is what is your purpose? Mm. And boy, woo, talk about roller coaster, three to four months, you know, there would be moments I'd be crying in the living room and just, just not knowing what I was doing with my day. Because if you, if you're so used to having a, a schedule of some sort for 20 years, yeah. and then you think it's a cool thing to not have to work because you can kind of create work that you want to do. But I, I think both of us at that time in the relationship thought that it would be easier to find what my purpose was. We'd be like, Oh, fine. I don't have to work. Great. This is what I've always wanted to do. I wasn't there yet. So the Vibe Tribe was born uh, out of me wanting to create selfishly an opportunity for me to meet different community members when I moved back to New Zealand. I was like, okay, I want to create events because that's my background is events and communications. I want to create events where I will meet people. I was repatriating back to my country. My, my girlfriends and my friends all at that point already were in their next phase of life with growing families. And um, so, you know, it was, I had to start from the beginning. So that was it. It was like, oh, let's create some gatherings of, you know, five or eight. And, uh, and, and that's how it began really was more for a self pacifying <laughs> reason <laughs> right. than anything else. Um, and then, so it started in New Zealand. Uh, and then, uh, you know, as things happen in life, my partner and I parted ways and had to go through another kind of rebirth of chapter of, of healing from a, a lost love and all of that. And, reintegrating that navigation into the vibe tribe and the purpose and and kind of poo-pooing the whole idea. I was like, no, you know, like I'm not going to do that because I've got bigger things to worry about, which is my healing right now and and just find a, find a real job so that it's just easier. So it kind of took a backpedal for quite a while. Um, and then using all my tools, it's like, nope, just step out of your own way and dive deep because what have you got to lose really nothing I mean you enjoy doing the work so I dove deep in New Zealand I tried my best to make it work um, and it was challenging financially because it's it's a side hustle I remember I think Rich Roll was talking about it um, you know these side hustles that people do which is actually important because it's our creative side it's our yeah, passion side right these side hustles so keep sparking that so slowly slowly over now three and a half, four years, it's kind of sparked. Hong Kong has been an amazing place for it to be uh, nourished and nurtured. Um, and this year, right now, I'm taking a bit of a sabbatical for the for the next, like, it's been two to three months, and it will probably be another month or so, like, revamping my website and really streamlining what is the Vibe Tribe. And I'm going to go seek professional help with a business coach and also um, look at, okay, how can I leverage this into something a little bit more organized? Because I'm such a kind of go with the flow kind of person and ride this vibe and ride that vibe. But now I think I have to make it even more succinct, especially with these opportunities that are coming up for me. So that's how it began. And, and I hope it will continue. 
Well, I don't think you give yourself enough credit either. I mean, you've done some great things for companies already with, with the Vibe Tribe. Yeah, trying. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I just do me. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's people, when I'm being interviewed for, for work, people go, you know, what's your superpower? And I just say, just do, just be me and don't go too far out of my depth. Don't try and present myself as knowledgeable in, in an area that I'm not. There are experts now out there in every possible field. So I'm not a microplastic scientist that can talk <laughs> about, you know, the, these, this and all these big words that I just speak the language I know mm-hmm. and and stay aligned to, to that and use what I've learned both personally and professionally to, to try and amplify, which is why I have a hashtag called Raise Your Vibe. It's like, how can I help you get to the next level, not for the sense of achievement or egoic gain, just like, how can I help you do your work? Because I, I feel like if we had more of that, in the sense of compassion and in the sense of elevation for each other. If I had that even earlier, then, you know, I don't know, maybe I would have had better tools, but then I wouldn't be where I am now. So. Well, I think in, in your work is, is really important and I'm, I'm oversimplifying this for sure. But I, one of the things that you do with a company with their brand is help them be more conscious of our environment. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, Slowly, but yeah, that's the end goal. That's the end point. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and you know, Sonali and I talked about this too. Like, we're moving from something that used to be sort of uh, corporate social responsibility, like the bigger brands are doing it just because they sort of feel like they have to for yeah. good PR. It's now trendy and it looks good. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, if companies aren't realizing that this is this is a really important strategy just to stay alive, because mm-hmm. consumers are becoming more savvy and they're going to start. I mean, we're, we're both wearing something that is eco-friendly. I'm, mm-hmm. I've got a shirt that's made out of recycled materials. Yeah. This isn't eco-friendly, but it's, it's up, it's upcycled. Upcycled. Thank mm-hmm. you. Which repurposed fashion. Yeah. So tell, tell everybody what upcycled actually means and so, I'll get back to what we yeah, were talking about. Yeah. So upcycled fashion, um, again, I'm not going to paint myself at all as a, uh, as a, a, good citizen from the very beginning i was the perfect consumer paul (laughs) oh my gosh and this was only less than a decade ago you know i was living in china i was in beijing and then i I moved to shanghai and i had a a position that allowed me to shop Mm -hmm. and uh shopping was uh i loved shopping i still do love shopping but i just don't shop Um, I shop with my eyes. I like looking now, but I would buy literally a new outfit every week to wear out (laughs) on Friday or Saturday. Um, and upcycled this whole concept in New Zealand, we have things called hand-me-down stores Mm -hmm. or op shops, opportunity shops with all this now vintage kind of, it's a whole new word now. It's all fashionable. So I kind of knew about it, but I knew about upcycled clothing because it was cheap because you're a student, so mm-hmm. you could buy like cheap clothes. Yes. And secondly, you, you could be quirky. You could like be your own identity, right? Um, but it was really till I came to Hong Kong two and a half years ago and uh, I was introduced to Christina Dean from Redress. Mm. And I really didn't know much about fashion pollution much I knew about fast fashion but I didn't know the depth 
of fashion pollution. I didn't know it was the second most polluting industry in our world. And the layers of... Second the, to oil. Second right. to oil. And then the layers of, of the pollution. So it, it's, first of all, who makes your clothes, right? Mm-hmm. So what kind of uh, work environments are these humans in that make our clothes? And what kind of dyes are used to dye our different clothing, the chemicals um, that, first of all, these humans have to touch mm-hmm. and breathe so it becomes a public health thing. And then all these uh, colors running into our oceans. And mm. then the factories that take, t- you know, to produce this, the cotton that needs to be grown. So that's land, pesticides, water. And then you pack it all up in its individual plastic. Then you ship it to the store. And then we buy it. Dude, I was one of the ones that was like five t-shirts for a hundred. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah totally absolutely. one of those people. Yeah. So that when I met Christina Dean and saw what she was doing with um, redress and, and studied more, I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I was almost disgusted at myself that I well, just, I just didn't know. Right. So I was like, wow, now, you know, start walking your talk. If you're going to, become passionate about this you've got to also walk the talk so upcycle for me or repurposed is a circular loop um for i do buy a few things new um like underwear <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. That, seemed, that makes a little bit of sense <laughs> just saying yeah just want to make that clear yeah um and there have probably been in the past two years three to five new items like brand new off the shelf um, but apart from that, it's been a conscious effort to buy upcycled, repurposed fashion. So when I do travel, uh, I am one of those travelers that will uh, look for upcycled, repurposed fashion stores and do the fun thing of hunt. I still get my little kick from like, ooh, I'm buying something new. And it's amazing that some something someone has worn I get a buzz like this sweater. If you see it in the video, this is um, from Redress's pop-up store, and it's a very well-known Italian fashion label called Missoni. And uh, I saw this, and I was like, I've always wanted to own a Missoni. A could never afford one, mm-hmm. and B, when I saw this, I was like, What? One hundred and fifty dollars, Hong Kong, for a sweater that probably would have cost I don't know two to three grand. Wow. You know, yeah. so I was like, and. And then this is my style. Like, I don't think I'll ever, I'll, I think I'll wear this when I'm a grandma. Yeah. You know? People <laughs> right. probably think it looks like a grandma's carpet. No, it's but cool. But I don't care. It's cool. <laughs> so it's about the circular loop. Okay. So repurpose and upcycle is don't try your best not to buy anything new um, and take care of it as well. So you don't necessarily have to buy a lot of things. It's also the care in what you already have. So you're not just mistreating your clothes. You know, right. there's there's a respect for everything that you own. Not because it's replaceable, because in a world, the world we live in, you can always buy something to replace it. But actually pay respect for that object that was made and that you own and wash it with care, fold it with care, you know, like there's a little hole, sew it already. So Mm -hmm. there's a whole, for me, a holistic concept to even an article of clothing. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not always this deep, but we're having this conversation, but that's really how I'm trying to imbibe. That's what I'm trying to imbibe in my life. Yeah. Yeah, Well, 
it's a major polluter in landfills. Like I was shocked yeah, when, when I heard you, I, the, the 150,000 t- tons a day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think it's 150 tons a day mm. just in Hong Kong, um, yeah. which is astounding. Um, yeah. and if, it's just a matter of, I know H&M does it and Zara does it, which mm-hmm. are major clothing manufacturers, mm-hmm. but they've got these uh, boxes now where you can just drop clothes off, no yeah. questions asked. I think yeah. that's, and they'll recycle it and use it for new material. I think yeah. that's great. Yeah. And I love the idea of, you know, going to a store. It's not just about, um, like in the U.S. we have Goodwill, which it would typically or not. Or Salvation. Do you have Salvation, Salvation Army? Army? I yes. love Salvation Army. I found some good pieces. Yeah, there's some Army. there's some cool stuff to be found. But it sounds like maybe what Redress does is maybe this is what upcycling means, if I understand it correctly, is is finding or sorting through some of the items and and bringing up yeah, more of the like high end stuff, right? Trying to uh, basically rescue them. For example, Redress's. Uh, business model which I understand which you know the depth that I understand it's it's repurposing clothes that would have otherwise gone into the landfill or be burned um, so mm-hmm. they have tons and tons of clothes that are still on trend trendy enough to be worn now um, and giving them a whole new life and the work that they do is phenomenal and there's more and more pop-ups like this like I I had my own little stand a few weeks ago with my I I cleared my wardrobe and um, was just there with the community just a little pop-up in Shenguan here in Hong Kong there's another one on the 2nd of March called hand-me-down collective that a girlfriend's doing so it's because it's trendy it's like you know we haven't even touched on plant-based eating and all this stuff but because of these trends necessary trends it's becoming the movement is growing into business models yeah. Or even grassroots concepts, just like let's have like the old lemonade stand on, on the sidewalk, <laughs> you know, now let's have a rack of clothes. And um, there's a place I walk past and it's not clothing, it's books. And it's very rare. I think it's the only one I've seen. They literally just have a bookshelf. Help yourself for free. Really? Yeah. Wow. wow. In Hong Kong. And that's cool because... I see, I see it where I come from in New Zealand. There's sometimes even just like help yourself to apples if there's an orchard mm-hmm. or, or books. But in Hong Kong, there's just like goodwill. Like yeah. goodwill. Like, we need that. It's so cool. And how yes. good do you feel when you give? And how, feel, how good do you feel when you, when you take knowing the intention is like, this is just for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the nice. The question's asked. So we should kind of do that with clothes as well, um, if if it's excess. But redress, you know, with the clothes that they sell, it just goes back to different funding. So yeah, yeah that's great good. business model. It is. It's great. Yeah, I think that that's probably going to be attractive to somebody maybe that's new that's used to sort of shopping at the bigger, mm-hmm. you know, Gucci's or whatever. Yeah. Um, you can find Gucci's too. Yeah, you can find yeah, all the cool stuff. Yeah, you find Missoni, so yeah. you can find some Gucci's. Sounds like it'd be kind of fun too. We just need more too. for men. Yes, so this is to, a question for you. This is a question for you. And I asked uh, the same question of Green Queen, Snolly. Um, maybe, and I'm new to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I started out plant-based five years ago. It's still the best thing you can do to reduce your carbon footprint. I'm proud of that. I'm trying yeah. to inspire people in my own way to, to try. Mm-hmm. That's my whole thing, just try new things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm evolving now into looking at the other parts of my life and my family's life and trying to do better with reducing plastic and those sorts of things. So I'm fairly new to the game. Mm -hmm. Is it because I'm new or is it because men aren't very well marketed to? I don't feel like 
men are marketed to very well. Sonali had a good point. She said it's because, you know, the dollars that are being spent on the things that this is for, like household household goods, it's usually the women's decision. decision. So I can understand that. But, you know, I'm thinking of, I don't know if you saw the, it's an American brand, the Old Spice deodorant commercial with Terry, what's his name? Like breaks through the wall of the shower and he's like totally jacked, like flexes his muscles. And, you know, that's, that's a deodorant brand that at least historically is not one that I would recommend because it has aluminum in it and you should just use (laughs) coconut oil or something else instead. But that's my point is like, Mm -hmm. if we're trying to reach a demographic of guys that appreciate sort of the silly humor and sort of the Mm -hmm. tough guy sort of a thing, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the bringing in men uh, of that demographic, which would be me, Mm -hmm. uh, into the eco warrior game. I don't know if we're doing a good job with that, but maybe I'm, am I missing something or my humble personal opinion is that, um, and this has come up to light in the past few months, actually. Well, for me, the past eight months, because I was speaking to some male friends last year and I, I said, I feel like you guys are, are being left behind, not in a bad way, but the, the events and the marketing or, or the, uh, information that's being fed is, not gender neutral mm-hmm. and I, here i go like you know now there's like what's gender neutral because <laughs> there's all of this stuff but let's just let's simplify it being just male and female or you know what you identify with male and female and it's it's definitely weighted more towards the female in regards to these pop-up stores um colors used so i even uh suggested to some of my male friends and I remember talking to you about it, I think when we first met, to create an event for guys where there's whether, you know, like a day where we have talks for men about different nutrition, about mental wellness, have movement. And why couldn't we have a men's secondhand cool store pop up too with men's clothing? And, you know, like because there's these things that say if it's with the clothing, there's 80% racks for women and then 20% for men. And yeah, guys do go, but I don't think we're reaching that as much as, as we possibly could. How do we do that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would love to be able to bring more of this awareness. And I don't think it's just because the women make the decisions in the home. Um, because I, I have a lot of single male friends too that mm. that are 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 aware, but it goes down to I believe how important is it for you truly, mm. um, and you know we we talk about the different kinds of industries we men are in, and you're saying you you are plant based, you know, so that was the seed that has sprouted into these different branches for you. Oh, you've definitely. Gone, okay, plant based means agricultural animal farming. Whether that was you saying, oh, wow, this is how much land's needed to raise cattle, and then there's this, or then it goes to cruelty, and there's always a seed that will will inevitably sprout. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put but it. But then what I'm also observing and, and, and hearing when I do talk to people is that sometimes people don't want the seed. They're just like, it's just not a thing for them. Yeah. And, you know, uh, who are we to judge? what what one person should or shouldn't do but we're living in the fastest information age ever now like there's no way you do not not hear about climate change or fashion pollution i mean you literally need to 
to either be living under a rock or a tribe of uh, of people in the Amazon still, you know, who are living a very eco-friendly life. Yes. <laughs> so yes. they don't really need to know about this. Right. Um, but it's it's really, we have the information there. Now, what I have a saying, it all starts with you. What What genuinely matters to you is what you will act upon, mm-hmm. whatever that is. You know, if it... If you need to feel a certain way, you will do certain things because that's what you know what to do to make yourself feel soothed and pacified or elevated or whatever. And there's so many different modalities and I'm not talking just healthy ones, you know. So it's the same with men being these eco-warriors being more like, is it important for them? Do I pose you a question or do men have the attitude of, well, my wife will look after it. Or, you know, it's, uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, well, you know, maybe my, my wife saw that or my girlfriend saw that or, or, or maybe the helper can find plastic bags that are biodegradable. Is it is it easier because it's convenient to, is that what we've created? It's a question. I, I don't have an answer to that. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going through these different scenarios in my head because I'm, I'm taking it on as something that I want to help with. Mm-hmm. And so one angle is, I'm thinking of, I worked in the corporate world for quite some time and I'm thinking of me and my buddies in the office and I'm probably not going to go, Hey Bill, check out this really rad, you know, shirt that I got. Touch the bamboo. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But I might, you know, in passing just say, Oh, you know, I I got some cool stuff Yeah. from the angle of overall wellness balance. Mm -hmm. So there, you know, the seven dimensions of wellness balance include only recently, this it was the original six dimensions. The seventh dimension of environmental has been added. Mm-hmm. And it's because we're realizing that in order to be wholly well, you have to respect and respond to the environment around you. Mm-hmm. And if you're just paying no attention to it or trashing the environment around you, there's no way that you can be wholly well. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm, t- you know, trying to teach my male friends about you are going to feel better. You are going to perform better Mm -hmm. if you are taking responsibility over just that small portion of Mm -hmm. the environmental piece, whether it's upcycle clothing or Mm -hmm. making sure that you take your clothing to a place that recycles it instead of just throwing something in the trash. Mm -hmm. Maybe that'll, maybe they'll respond to that. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to, I'm going to try a few different things. Do it. I mean, do the experiment. (laughs) I think we are built it's inbuilt in us. I feel that we we want we're we're human. We're, we're we're having this experience of life, and we get a buzz from contributing. We do. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be of service. We, as basic as it is, when you gift something to someone, you feel good, right? You're like, oh my god, I made that person feel good. And it's the same thing if we were to do something for the earth or to create change. If you look at successful measures in work, KPIs or reaching that budget, it's because we attain a certain thing we get rewarded with. I achieve that. It's it can be applied the same way to to creating change and good for the earth. In if we were to look at the eco warrior stage, you know. Yeah. Um, and actually, I just remembered that I did a talk um, for uh, on behalf of a plastic oceans, and it was uh, for. A, a corporate banking firm, which I, I won't name, but at least, if not over half or 50-50, was male, female. That's good. Which was awesome. And quest- when Q&A time, the guys were asking questions. So 
it's happening, but I think it's being able to present the information in a more gender neutral way where it's approachable for all. Yeah, I think that's you it. You know, I think that's it. Like yeah. if you have got a secondhand clothing thing and it's like in pinks and purples and it's called like whatever, it's it's probably something that automatically the program for a guy sees it and just flicks the page or scrolls past the screen because of the colors, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's it will be interesting to see how we map that this year because there's huge stuff happening this year. So in your experience with the pop-up shops, now you haven't been to every one in the world, but you have some experience. You you are seeing male clothing there. Oh, and you sure. are seeing males there. It's just more like an 80-20-ish. Yeah, well, here in Hong Kong. <clears throat> okay. If you were to go, when I when I have traveled um, in the States, you know, I tend to predominantly go to New York and California. Mm-hmm. California is its own other <laughs> place. Yes, it is. So the guys there are very like, you know, into, they're open to that. Um, New Zealand, Australia, it's been part of that. I think even in in Britain, in in the, that area, in uh, Sweden, it's it's fine. I think there's just something, and I, and I, I may be wrong, but in in Asia, it's a little bit more challenging hmm. to get to get that out the message out there. We're still, I feel, culturally uh, very new to this whole concept of buying someone else's clothes that they they wore, right? Because right. it's we are in a, in a city that uh, promotes uh, shopping, <laughs> very much so. Yeah, I said uh, the national sport in is, 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 shopping. is shopping. Well, and Sonali eating. said that. I thought it was trail running, but Sonali said it was it's shopping, shopping and eating. <laughs> shopping and eating, yeah, and that's eating. true. It's true. I mean, spend the whole day in a mall under fluorescent lights and move from one shop, have have coffee, shop, 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 then have lunch and shop, shop, and afternoon tea, and then whew, that was it's mm. a big day. And there's, there's no judgment on that. It's just that that's what we have uh, accustomed ourselves to. Mm-hmm. But there's a shift. For sure, there's a shift. There's a shift. Mm. Talked a little bit earlier, speaking of shift, I'm going to shift mm-hmm. topics. Mm-hmm. Um, getting into a parasympathetic state is a challenge for us in 2019, even for those of us that are aware of the need to do it. Um, I think this is one of the reasons that wellness retreats are sort of emerging as a, as a popular thing. I've got a quick stat mm-hmm. that I thought was interesting. So if you just look at worldwide wellness as an industry in 2017, it was, uh, listed at 4.2 trillion us. Mm-hmm. So big, I don't think that'll surprise anybody, but 639 billion of that was spent on wellness tourism, which, um, you could very easily bucket wellness retreats into so I know you have done some work with with wellness retreats. Do you think that it's only going to continue to grow? And, and is it because people are having a hard time just getting into that parasympathetic, parasympathetic state and calming down? Or is it because we're doing better overall with our money and we just you know want to spend it on something cool like that? What, what, are, you, what are you seeing? Definitely growth, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's, the new, it's the new internet. It is the internet. Like when, when the internet, when the modem dialed up, uh, the wellness industry dialed up, but we're now in it. It's not even, it's not even kind of at the the start where it's ramping. We're already like reaching the peak of this is this is the thing because we're living longer. We all want to be well, whatever well means to us. And there is a standard concept of eating well, moving our bodies, uh, less screen time, sleep, 
you know, which is like golden for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think how we are investing our holiday and spare time is now looking more for these wellness retreats. I have a uh, interesting relationship with the word retreat because it's as if we are escaping something from where we are now, which is our modern day busy lives. And we're retreating to the quiet of, let's say, Chiang Mai or, you know, Mexico or wherever we want to take transport ourselves to. So retreat is, the word is good because we can take ourselves to that place and that's where we're choosing to spend our, our money. And now it's twofolded. Wellness retreats, fantastic. But how well is it not just for you, but for our earth? Mm-hmm. So I'm into, I'm really uh, looking into eco wellness retreats. So, you know, there's, we're all connected, Paul. Everything is connected. So when you Everything say, is connected. sorry to interrupt you. So yeah. when you say eco wellness retreat, just to make sure everybody's on the same page. So we're, we're looking at how we get our water when we arrive there yeah, to like how we even get there. How like, we, well, how we get there. You, you know, I've been, um, I've been pulled up going, oh, Christina, you know, you're in, you you talk about being good for the environment and this, but you travel a lot. Mm. And I don't, the only answer I have is that when I do travel, I'm trying to create change in the destination that I go to yeah. um, with the awareness that I bring, whether it's through conscious cinema or talking or, or, or um, you know, sharing the path of yoga or whatever. And so I'm hoping I kind of, in some way, not balance it out, but contribute a little bit more rather than just going and it's all about me and consuming, you know, I'm rather give, giving my time. But eco more as in, you know, how is, are, is this place built with sustainable repurposed wood? Mm, um, mm-hmm. Is the water maybe filtered through and reuse the toilet water as the final stop for all the gray wash from the dishwashers that wash all their dishes in the restaurant? Uh, are they trying to source locally farm to table? Are they, um, you know, not changing your bed sheets ever? I mean, do we change our bed sheets every day at home? No. Mm. It's a luxury to have. Do we really, really? I know it feels good, but if you're staying in a hotel for three, three to five days, just use the same sheets. <laughs> Towels, okay. Maybe if you know you, it's like you've got grime on them, but it's these little things. So the wellness retreat is a luxury for those that can afford it. You're saying, is it a trend? It already is. It's happening. We're choosing to spend our money towards that because we all need our hand to be held in some way or form to reach that state of space. Um, But I want to up the next level to if it's well for you, how well is it also for the earth? Yeah, that's good. Because we're all connected. So if we're like doing stuff for us and we feel great, but what was the what was what we left behind with what we did there for five days, and then also, um, you know, with that, it's like if we did well for us, uh, we did well for us. What is this business doing? It becomes this whole concept of the circular loop again. You know, what are we spending our money on? Because mm-hmm. every dollar has a vote. So if there's a specific niche of of businesses we can support, they'll only grow more you know um 
yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting model. And once you start thinking about it, you're like, oh right, okay, well, how does that puzzle fit? And how does this puzzle fit? And your choices become a little bit more streamlined. Yeah. So what is wellness? And I, another thing I say to my clients is, here we are strategically looking at businesses and growing and branding and all of this and you know getting our paycheck and being able to go on these holidays but what happens to our earth at the same time we are working so hard and who knows what we're doing like we may not have an earth in in a decade or two or three because we're all working so hard and leaving this footprint right so that's what i mean like let's take wellness to the next level as well so an, an eco-friendly retreat for some of the reasons that you mentioned, I think that's fantastic. And they're out there and they're growing as well. Mm-hmm. So assuming that you've got some of those boxes checked, mm-hmm. what are some of the other things that you like to see in a wellness retreat? I'm, I've never been to one, but I'm assuming there's going to be some uh, disciplines of fitness and meditation and um, probably detox and mm-hmm. fasting and that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Based yeah. on your experience that you've yeah. helped promote them and been an instructor at them and those types of things, yeah. what are some of the things that you like to see? I'm, I'm so lucky that I've had opportunities to experience this out of my own um, finances and also been invited to to um, write for a few. So again, we're all connected. It's a holistic thing. So definitely food is thy medicine. As Oh yeah, know, of course. The food good is food. Thy me- the good food. Yeah. Food is thy medicine. You are what you eat. Um, movement and moving is um, a way to not just increase ourselves in a physical sense but also mental health you know so mm-hmm. there's that um, definitely you know you were talking about kind of de- these detox programs all of this is good one thing I l- am going to uh, implement in the retreats that I've been invited to help facilitate more is is this word called play (laughs) you know we don't um and play i mean by creative things painting writing dancing um curiosity like not thinking you know everything and not necessarily having a program of you're gonna have this green juice and you're gonna have that but maybe have 30 40 minutes of just pieces of paper and and paint and like you know uh you know I don't know, other stuff that you can like build something and, <laughs> and just be that, have that Lego set again that we used to. And I think that's really important to in, integrate into wellness programs now, which is what I'm, why I've taken the sabbatical is with brand your vibe, you know, going into corporate or businesses and looking at the element of play again and uh really tapping back into that side because it's it's a part like art therapy it's a part that we don't tend to think is part of the pillars of holistic wellness but being a student is so important to our mental health we have this capacity to continue to learn and we somehow kind of forget that i think as we get older you know our first like 18 20 years we're like studying and learning and feeding and doing things that we love and we kind of forget that because we get too busy and I think that's a huge part of ourselves that we need to nurture that's really interesting I think um an argument could be made that that it would tap into the intellectual wellness dimension Mm -hmm. um you know sort of thinking about 
uh, art and drawing and working that creative side of the brain is absolutely intellectual. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's sort of ironic, you know, I, I've talked about the seven dimensions of wellness a million times, but mm-hmm. if I ever forget one, ironically, it's the intellectual <laughs> wellness dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it does get sort of pushed aside. And, you know, are you, you mentioned, you know, are you thinking about the quality of food and whether or not it's eco-friendly and fitness and meditation? Yeah. So I think that would be unique and really, really necessary. If you're going to come out of a wellness retreat with one of your objectives being uh, a student of understanding the wellness dimensions and hopefully leaving a little bit more well than when you came, I think you would have to tap into that truly. So that's really cool. And and joy and what that brings. And it brings an element of joy. And another thing I have for the retreats that I'm working in is you talk about, you know, we go somewhere to get well Mm -hmm. because we think we are not well, Right. right? So we go to get fixed or healed or, and, and I get that. I, I do that too. And then we come back. And then the residue of that lasts for how long? Right. Realistically, I'd say 10 days in a, in a lifestyle that majority of us live in in the city that we currently call home. And then what? So for me, it's impacting uh, and creating an internal vibration that lasts because you have a toolkit. Yeah, the you, tools. The toolkit. Yes, that's yes. what I want to do. Is like That's what I hope to give people is don't forget this. Go mm-hmm. back to this when you're feeling a certain way. Use this. You've invested all this time and money and you're just coming to be healed. healed. <laughs> and then you go back and you're like feeling good and then you're back into it. But don't forget what you have. So with that is follow-up programs and, mm-hmm. and you know, one-on-one calls of just using a support network, the tribe, yes, to, to raise your vibe constantly. And we that's where community for me is so important. Yeah. It's not going to be, unfortunately, uh, just a magic thing that happens and sticks with you. You're going to get beaten back down by oh, yeah, it's, 2019. It's and called life. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Those tools that you talk about are yeah. absolutely necessary. Yeah. Um, and I had Andrew Silito on last week and he's, he was talking about wellness balance and how he's brought in sort of the, the business psychology piece of it into people's lives beyond their work. Mm-hmm. And people are feeling a lot better. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I like that he says about, he calls his the four keys. He says that you put in the work. And I love that. I love that because... It's part of the yoga path as Is well. it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, put in the work. You have to because oh, it's just not going to happen relentless. without it. Practice, practice, practice. And I feel that I'm still very early on as a student of yoga. But if there, you know, it's the practice of yoga and I'm not just talking about the physical aspect but the other the the eight limbs of yoga and you have to do the work in all aspects of your life it's not just your business and the job you go to it's in your relationships it's in what you spend your money on it's like what do you surround yourself with who do you surround yourself with what do you watch what do you what are you feeding your entire being through your skin through your eyes through your mouth everything it's it's work and it's not like oh my god this is like gonna we we don't need to see it that way it's the gift of like holy moly i have this life and i can do this work what an opportunity yes every morning gratitude i'm awake (laughs) i get to do the work and how can i you know vibrate that out to everyone around me and then they feel that vibe and then ooh, it just goes it's like a it's like a one of those 
machine, those games that's just like, boing, boing, boing. everyone's <laughs> just like bouncing off each other. And, and hopefully, you know, that's ultimately, I think, where we want to get to, where you're just like, hey, human connection. Basic. Yeah. It, it, you can say work. Another way to look at it is even saying, um, is energy balance like, or energy blocks, like how much energy today do you need to put into this dimension? Like social, emotional, I'm going to be going to this event. There's okay. definitely a lot more work today. I feel, even though we're of our certain age, sorry <laughs> to interrupt you, but no, because there's so much information. Yeah. Right. I, I definitely feel like stoic or simplified life, less is more, definitely it allows one to be more at peace, hence the, the whole new off the grid, you know, lifestyle. People just like, I just want to buy a tiny, my dream, tiny home, vegetable garden, ocean, don't need much, don't need much, just need what I need to have good food, not a lot of food, mm -hmm. just good whole food healthy food we don't need to eat as much as we eat we no. don't even need to eat as much as we eat so it's like this whole concept of how much do we really need and but today because there's so much information in so many different aspects i think we're we've we've trained ourselves to think there's always more that i can do yeah you know and and it, it comes in our field especially when we, we talk about physical you we measure our strength, our muscle, how high can we jump, right? So there is more, you can improve. There are different, there are certain areas in our lives where I think measure, measurement of progress is great and necessary for us to keep ourselves on the edge um, and, and challenge. But there are areas in our lives where I think we need to soften a mm -hmm. little bit and just, you know, not be so not be so pushing of of us in certain areas of our life and that's like the wheel of life you know the circle of life mm -hmm. and with my corporate clients i was like i put on the song from the lion king the circle of life <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when i was introducing because i was like where's zumba where's zumba mm -hmm. um but it's that circle of life and when you when you draw out the different areas these seven pillars of wellness and and you kind of go the epicenter is where you need to do the most work, the core, the mm -hmm. foundation. And as you move out towards the circle, that's where you're feeling you're more in flow, yes. that state of flow. And then when you map it out, you kind of go, oh, well, that's where I need to do a little bit of work. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying, Paul, when you were like, oh, I've j I'm just new into this eco or this whole, you know, that that's an area where the environmental pillar may have been closer to, and no judgment, it just was oh, it where was. it was, right? That's right. Closer yeah. to the core of where it begins, that seed, and then it sprouts out a little bit more. And I think once you become aware of, of one facet, it drip feeds into the next automatically in mm -hmm. time. There's no way that it cannot because we're all connected. It's all connected. Yeah, and you... Well, the daily balance is something to understand too. It's like, well, I have it figured out now today. So tomorrow's no problem. It's like mm -hmm. this understanding that you're going to have to have those tools that we've talked about to assess what today's energy balances are going to require to stay in balance in the different dimensions. So you may be in autopilot already in physical. And so you don't have to put as much energy into being balanced over there, but mm -hmm. Maybe the environmental requires more work. I know mm -hmm. it, it does for me for the mm -hmm. reasons we mentioned. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's it's just understanding that it's a it's a daily work, it's a daily balance 
to it's a self-check it's yeah like, yeah you, know, you could just right. sit for a moment for five minutes and be like all right how true am i being to what's important to me and the work that i do where do i need to soften a little and where do i need to potentially up the ante and you know also for the kind of of offerings that we have we have people that we look after their well-being mm -hmm. so that's a very energetic job because we're literally giving energy not just vocally but physically as well so we also have to keep ourselves balanced we have to there's a saying you know the wounded healer in the set you got to heal yourself first before you can it's the same thing you got to love yourself first before you even know how to what it is what does love mean you know so again i go back to my one tag like it all starts with you mm. the only person thing moment that you have to check it in with is you and your present state now those two things you now you now kind of just and how do you i i know with um with meditation at least for me <clears throat> part of the thing has been figuring out how to work it into just my day without saying i'm going to stop now and <laughs> meditate like if I'm something would yeah <laughs> And like something is, it makes me upset or sad or, or whatever, like being able to just sort of see, recognize that emotion and then just step away. So how do you recalibrate? Is, is there anything that you <laughs> have figured out to do that? <laughs> You're like, bullseye. So the yeah. past, the past two to three weeks, Paul have been extremely um, challenging for me. So talk about like work. I've really had to do more work than, than like normal because I'm, I'm working all the time. It's just, it's, it's relentless in a positive way. Um, but it's, uh, you know, putting for me, it's, it's ritual there. It's it, brushing your teeth is the same for me as meditating. It's, it's just a necessity that has to be, it doesn't even have to be integrated into my day. It is part of it. Mm -hmm. It is, it's what I do to set the, mental frame for mental health people don't talk enough about mental health we're talking about dental health physical health mm -hmm. gut health you know eye health all of this but mental health is huge yes and so my morning ritual whether it be even a five minute meditation or lying in bed looking around grateful that i'm alive just something that just anchors me back in is what will remind me throughout the day to go back to that feeling because emotion is such a powerful anchor you know i mean we're triggered by smells and and memories that bring us straight back into that feeling you, you can it's placebo you can feel it so during the day if i'm i'm challenged um and there are there are many times during the day that i am i uh stop just stop and breathe hmm. it's so cliche but you know, this breath is an automatic thing. We just do it. How, how many times, like I tell my students, how many times do you stop and just just that one breath changes your nervous system. Oh yeah. Instantly. And so when when I'm feeling, and you know, the past two weeks, I've been taking lots of deep breaths. <laughs> like sometimes every minute I'm like breathing all the time. And, um, but I just go back to breath. 
because that we're talking about parasympathetic mm-hmm. fight or flight you you can't be in any other state but in the present moment when you're just focusing on deep diaphragm breathing not the shallow just to your throat breath but really you know when i when i talk to people in meditation it's breathe past your heart space hmm. deep into the lungs past the bi- diaphragm and into your belly button like go down like breathe in deepest breath of the day and hold that like it's a golden blanket around you hold it and then exhale and that one breath guaranteed you're already like oh oh i needed to actually breathe hmm. and that for me is what allows me to stay as close to a neutral um emotional state and that's why sometimes i have to just be breathing for a long time if i'm uh, filled with fear anxiety you know normal emotions i go back to that yeah that's good and i'll, I'll bring some n equals one experiment into that and a little bit of science mm-hmm. um I, I, again i had andrew on last week and I, and I you know he's a business psychologist so i was like okay i'm gonna get some some tips, some some tips. Yeah. and I shared, you know, some of the silly, not silly, just, I, I, I have a weak mental game and I've shared that on my show a million times and I have a whole bunch of different things. I've tried anchoring and positive mental state and trying to rewire neural pathways, which are all good tools. And I still use them. Mm-hmm. And I said, Andrew, what else? You know, what else? And what did he say? Breath. Exact same thing you just yeah, said. Man. And I was like, you know, what's crazy about that is I've tried these other little tricks out on the bike and I'm sort of having getting too hot and my heart rate's getting too high and I'm trying to figure out a way to recenter and Mm -hmm. and calm down and finish my climb or whatever it is Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do I said when I give up on everything else and I just go okay let's just do some deep breaths you can watch the heart rate monitor drop Mm -hmm. uh and every morning I take my heart rate variability which taps into your autonomic nervous system which taps into your automatic breathing yeah and I think this is interesting on piggybacking on what you said because I think I don't know if this is the proper term for it, but our breathing can get, even though it's automatic through the autonomic nervous system, it can get shallow, especially Mm -hmm. if you get stressed. It can be like, you know, you just get really shallow. So what what you described, you know, breathing down below the heart, breathing deep. If I'm having a stressful moment, the app that I use will actually show you whether or not you're stressed and what your heart rate variability score is in real time. And so if I notice that it's low, the score is low and my stress is high, I will just take some deep breaths Mm -hmm. and you will see in real time, your heart variability score go Mm -hmm. up and your stress go down. So Mm -hmm. I, I know it's like maybe some people listening or watching think that that's just a basic tip, but I think that's actually a really, really helpful, big tip. But it's, it's challenging for most to do Mm -hmm. because we don't at the moment in how we live naturally have the time. No, oh, yeah, time. I don't have time no, to take no, a no, deep no, breath. There's no time to take I just, I've got to get about? the deadline. I was, oh, got to go, got to go, got to go. I'm feeling angry. I just want to feel angry. I just want to feel angry. And yeah. then I'm talking to myself right now, by the way, <laughs> like, you know, having this conversation, especially the past two weeks, it's like, dude, just sit down and take a breath, mm-hmm. you know, and, and do that. And another thing that, you, you know, for the listeners and watchers is, Close down a few of the other sensorial things. So when you take a breath, close your eyes. Hmm, d- d- just, interesting. Just 
Take, but not while you're riding a bike. Not while you're riding a bike. <laughs> I'm just no, kidding. but you know, when if you're not riding, but just but yeah, trek through. But if you're in a place where you're at the office, take yourself away from the situation, or in 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 a, if you can, and you can shut down another sense, and you can really just feel and just tap into the the breath and the feeling of of the air um, against your nostrils. And just have the darkness help the the nervous system calm as well. Mm, that's cool. That's yeah. Cool. So sensorial deprivation. You know, I don't know why my brain went here, but I was thinking about how my wife and I have a very much a yin and yang. Mm-hmm. You know, she's the adventurous one that always wants to go do really cool stuff. And I'm the one that's always trying to, you know, anchor us down just a little bit. So we have this good mix. We go do cool things, but we don't try to get in a million things into a day. And so it's a good balance. Um, we, we like to resolve conflict in a very different way. Mm -hmm. And the way she does it actually, I think tunes into probably the best way to get calm. She likes to get mad about something or she doesn't like to get mad about something, but yeah. she'll get upset about something. Yeah. I will recognize that she, she's upset about something and I'll just Yay. like that. First of all, recognition <laughs> of being upset. Good yeah. husband. Well, <laughs> yes, but if you Most ask times. her, the, here's where the problem comes in. I will, because we've been together for a long time. Yeah. I will see that she's upset and I will, as she says, I will just keep pushing, pushing, pushing until yeah. she finally tells me what it is. And she just needs a minute to breathe. Yeah. She's trying to calm down so that she can actually, get centered and like have a good conversation and not be mad. And Mm -hmm. I, I should do that. I should really figure out a way to just be like, okay, I know she's upset about something, but if I just keep pushing her Mm -hmm. while she's trying to calm down, that's not going to help. I should go breathe. breathe. (laughs) Just go on the other sides of the house and breathe. And it always is something so small. We feel silly that we did it anyway. My my recollection of relationships, of of course. And, and, um, it's that if, have you read the book five love languages? Mm-mm. Okay. Um, I'll send the link to you, but it's, it's very interesting looking at human relationship, especially love relationship and the languages, the five different languages that Gary talks about, uh, of how we like to love someone else. So we have different, one could be like acts of service. So you like to cook and you like to clean and you like to prepare something for your loved one. One is, the sense of touch, you know, you always want to have like your foot or that kind of feeling or um, time, acknowledgement, do you hear me? So people have usually two, top two of, of the five. So it's when we learn what the other person, uh, how, what they need and, and, and if, actually pay attention and to actually it. pay attention to it <laughs> yeah, and yeah. do the work. There's yeah, that word again, that the work true. of like, okay, well, she needs to go and breathe. I'm going to try what she needs to do because if she was to be doing that, I wonder how I'd react and just go and, and breathe too. And, mm. um, and if, yeah, then, it, then at the end of the day, I believe like if that's what the person needs to become a better version of themselves at that current state, that's where I think compassion kicks in. And, but Hey, relationships, that's a whole other, yeah. that's a whole <laughs> other Island over there. Yeah. So that's a whole nother podcast. And yeah, I'm definitely not a relationship expert. So yeah, I like just I said, do the I, best that I can. <laughs> I wasn't sure what made me go there, but I, I just, the breath, the, breath. the thinking of the breath and calming the body down is, yeah. is I think is worth people from, considering from if they situ- don't already do it. From most situations, from most situations. Yeah. I think we should teach, teach our children to breathe more too, you know, 
Do you do, do you should do that with your kids, Paul? Well, you know, it's what's so cool about. I mean, they this, have that in schools now. That's exactly what I was yeah. going to say. Like yeah. they teach these kids. First of all, like we've, we've been talking about being eco warriors. My son, his teacher in his class, I talked about this with Sonali too. She noticed we were using those little plastic Ziploc bags for his sandwiches Ziploc every day. Bags. Sorry, mm-hmm. I just said bread. I get in trouble. <laughs> well, um, they're going to become. I think they're going to not exist in hopefully the next two years. Yeah. Is Glad dropped Ziploc bags, right? And and I w- it wasn't even on my radar. I hadn't even really picked up that environmental wellness dimension yet. And so his teacher said, how about Camden, ask your mom and dad if it's okay if we just reuse this for the whole week for your sandwich. It's not going to hurt anything. It's not dirty. Yeah. And so he'd bring it home every day and we'd repack feeling it. Cool, cause feeling cool because he's contributing. Cool. Right? Yeah, and he's I felt like, cool oh. too. I was like, this is really great that not only that his school is teaching him this, but that we're, you know, just doing something very project small. project together. And then, you know, we've changed it to just using a different container overall that's yeah. just reusable every single time. So. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. It's good to get the young ones in because that's, we're leaving, this is our legacy. And so where the reason that conversation came up is because they're teaching those types of things too. So they'll see a situation where a couple of kids will have a a bad interaction or an interaction Mm -hmm. where somebody gets angry or they both get angry. And that's Mm -hmm. what they'll encourage is let's go spend some time away from each other and take a deep breath Mm -hmm. and, you know, just meditation Mm one-on-one and Mm -hmm. they'll even, they'll have a recess or they'll have physical activity outside and then they'll come and meditate for five or 10 minutes Mm -hmm. before they go start their work. Do you remember like quiet time? Yeah. Kindergarten? Yeah. We need quiet time for adults. Oh yeah. I love it. Remember when you'd be like, Oh, let's have nap time. I mean, I don't really remember, but I was a kindergarten teacher for blip and I just remember we, you know, quiet time, 20 minutes of just stillness. Yeah, and we need that's that a good for point. adults. Yeah. And Corbin was like, the quiet room. Well, and I no think. friends allowed, just chill. As, uh, you know, we are getting companies to understand more and more about like the spiritual side of things. All these and like seven or eight or 10 have ever, ever many realms of wellness. Yeah. Wellness. yeah. And like, it's not necessarily woo anymore. And yeah. oh, wow. There's study after study showing that, um, a more well balanced, uh, employee is going to be a more productive employee. And then mm-hmm. companies start going, Whoa, and they're not going to cost as much in insurance. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, and oh, they're going to be more creative if they are giving, uh, given 15 or 20 minutes break to go take a walk or quiet time or whatever and yeah. come back to their desk. If you're working on a creative project, there's nothing better that you can do than get up and walk away. Yeah. Well, every 40 minutes, just stretch your body, move yeah. your body, take a breath. And that's what I also say to my clients. Every 40 minutes, if you're sitting down, walk around, take five deep breaths, regenerate your whole, like uh, get some red blood cells, reoxygenated and go back to your desk. Even if you're crunching figures and looking at a spreadsheet, just... No one's going to die if you yeah. take two minutes out. No one, no one, no one will really care if you take two minutes. Yeah. It's only you. And, and again, tell me I, you don't feel better when you go back exactly. and sit down and like, oh, you know, it's like, and there, You're just this like, is a more. Okay, right. I've got this. And again, it goes back to, it all starts with you. You're the only one that's accountable for your current situation really because you're you're responsible for your reactions and and how you're you're um treating yourself 
yes. at the end of the day. It, it's all us. It's all on us, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Like it or not. <laughs> well, and I, I, you know, I just hate this term work-life balance because I think it makes people think of it in a 50-50 two-dimensional sense and it's just not I mean the the life piece of it what does that include oh that's everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oh life oh work is in the life it is it, it's, it's actually, one of oh, the dimensions yeah, yeah it's in the same piece of pie <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think that alone just getting people to understand that is is huge that it's 50 percent of your energy work shouldn't be just on occupation I, I think we're definitely there like it's 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 happening. The movement, you wouldn't be having the work you do. Neither would I. This podcast wouldn't exist. You know, it's part of who we are, who we all um, want. I, I believe there's many of us that wish for that. Even those that, you know, th- that I know that work so hard, they want to learn to meditate. They want to learn to be, be, be able to move again. They want to... Uh, lose some body weight so that they feel energy they Mm want to not drink so much they want to there's all this wanna 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 so that it's happening it's just a slow uh journey for some Mm -hmm. and i i think we all need to support each other in being that whole well self and for our environment because you know we're all connected yes back to that yes we are for sure I've had you for a long time. Before yeah. we go, just a, yeah. a couple of quick questions. Yeah. So I know you've got some exciting projects coming up in, in 2019. Yeah. And, and I want to really quickly talk uh, about a project that you worked on in the past too. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a really cool, I guess it's a, a couple of different places here in Hong Kong. It's called Mana. Mana. Mana, yes. Which is actually a, a New Zealand word as well. So when I came across it, I was like, okay, here's serendipity. Yes. Oh, cool. Good old Mana. Yes. So the first time we met, we actually had a meeting before we were both on the Let Us Be Heroes screening panel. Yeah. Thanks to Rebecca. Yes. Thanks to Rebecca. Yeah. Amazing doc. We'll put in the show notes. If yeah. I talk about it almost all the time, but check it out if you haven't already. <laughs> Um, we had a uh, really good coffee. Now this coffee was, um, it was plant-based so I could mm-hmm. drink it. Now this wasn't just a black coffee. I mean, I can have a black coffee anywhere, but it was, if I remember correctly, it was black coffee, but they also put cacao in it and raw uh, cacao butter, raw cacao butter. Okay. Mm. That's the difference. Cause I've tried to yeah. recreate it and I haven't been you able to. You cannot recreate the mana re- coffee. Just go to mana. If, if the founder was listening, he'd, 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 he'd copyright the whole thing. Yeah. No, um, it's, it's basically a, the bulletproof vegan version okay. so bulletproof coffee is your black coffee your ghee your um brain octane oil uh and your collagen so i'm actually i'm i've got some um, posts that i need to do i'm making my own vegan bulletproof coffee at home oh it nice. doesn't taste as good as mana because mm. i don't have the fil- the coffee barista sh- sh- you know yeah, yeah. it's a french press <laughs> but um you can buy vegan collagen now so I've got some, okay. um, and then I'm using coconut oil and raw cacao butter as well, and then just blending it. But that coffee, the, it's called the cocoa. If you're in Hong Kong, go get a hit of the cocoa. I mean, that sustains me 
pretty much till one, two. So it's the same concept as Bulletproof. Okay. And you were like, dang, this is a good coffee. This is good. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, you know, it's just such a treat. I always just have black coffee and I just, I love the flavor of black coffee by itself, but to have a little something sweet in there with the, with the And the fat. creaminess, yeah. it was like good fat. I hadn't right? had a coffee like that in yeah. a really long time. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the reasoning behind adding the fat in there is of course, getting across the blood vein barrier and having sort of the mm-hmm. time release, slow, mm-hmm. uh, caffeine burst versus yep. having a, um, you know, the peak, the yeah, quick peak the and quick then peak the, the roller coaster the ride. <laughs> yeah. The roller coaster caffeine. No bueno. Yeah. So, so you worked with them, um, as a brand manager to help, um, move their brand to, from well, where to where? Yeah, it was interesting. I came to Hong Kong for one job, landed, and day two got made redundant. Um, oh, my. Yeah, interesting. That's fine. Uh, that's for another story. <laughs> but um, um, Bob Z, the founder of Mana, uh, I had met a few times as I was traveling to Hong Kong and really loved what they do, what they stand for. And I was at the very beginning of my environmental pillar. Um, and so for the brand management role, at that point, it was just two of us, kind of two in the management team. So it was really just supporting his continued vision for his 12 principles that he built the brand on, which is, you know, like free water for all, food waste, less food waste, um, the sustainability angle, community, um, and all these beautiful things that similarly, the Vibe Tribe was kind of based upon, I was like, wow, I could really see if I can uh, support him and create change. So it was more about, I think at the end of the day, what I hope I I left um, with Mana is that the brand was already strong, but that it was stronger, that the community that I was able to meet face-to-face and reach out to have become even more loyal customers um, mm-hmm. so that they they can continue to grow um, and to continue to educate I think for me I was learning at the same time about statistics like you on on agricultural farming but also continuing to educate the travelers that would visit Mana as well as the locals about the circular loop of as Bobsy has a quote he got he says um, and I hope I get this right the, the knife and fork are the most important tools of humanity hmm or something like that. Um, but it's really, you know, you are what you eat and also what you have on your plate. There's a whole, it's just like clothes, Paul. It's like the fashion pollution, how that tomato got to your plate or, or avocado has a whole story. It's like a book on how this avocado was grown, right? From seed to water to farmer to it's, it's amazing. And just to go back, I know we're like, we can talk for 50,000 hours, but <laughs> the gratitude yeah. part is another thing that I do try and practice daily before I eat is, um, you know, and it goes back to, I was raised a Catholic, but now I'm a spiritual person, but to pray before I eat and just a quick thanks and a shout out to like, thank you for this food that I can even afford a meal. And also to the people that grew the food and prepared this food, like, awesome. I get to eat this amazing food and just take 30 seconds to be like, I'm grateful for this food. Yeah. That's awesome. And and energetically your body is in a parasympathetic sympathetic state to receive the nourishment of that food, which is why we talk about like, well, I, I mean, I don't know if that's scientifically proven, but I'm definitely much calmer when I eat my meals instead of in front of the computer or scrolling through my phone Mm -hmm. while I'm eating. Like, for 10, 15 minutes or longer, if you're a slow chewer, 
to be with that food yeah. and just receive the goodness. You know, be with friends, but just focus on on the yummy food. Yeah, so that's, that's another tip. element of gratitude as well. You could try that with some of your your your, your vegetable curry. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Here you are again for the third time, vegetable curry. Hey, vegetable I'm still curry. thankful for you. Yeah, I'm thankful for you for all these years. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're still wonderful. Good old vegetable curry. Love you. You're going to have to have a spoon of this damn vegetable curry. You got to, yeah. There's always some in there. Doing that gives you an opportunity to get into that parasympathetic state. I mean, it really is difficult for people to do it for a minute a day. So maybe that's their first strategy to try. Just like put everything down and just eat. Yeah. Like just be with your food for five minutes, you know, and... Maybe it's even outside and get some vitamin D yeah. or put your feet on the earth or yeah. something. Yeah, or just, you know, get out of the office or, but it's, we're, I, how often are we all like eating and scrolling on a multi, the, the, the existence of the multitasker. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Although if they want to do a little bit of gratitude and then listen to the Boost Health podcast after they've done that, maybe yes. that's okay. Yes, they can think, yeah, okay, I'll give the Boost podcast that. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. All right, so what's what's coming up this year? I know you're excited about so, a few things. So a bit, a bit of a sabbatical. I've got, I'm revamping my website. I'm streamlining it. I'm, I'm going to reach out to a business coach. I am, I've got a couple of retreats that I'm working with. Um, and hopefully we can get some tribe in. Um, so one is working with uh, Nepal and yoga. They're based in Kathmandu. They've asked me to facilitate the, the movement aspect of that, the yoga practice of that. Another is a retreat in Sirgao in the Philippines, a surf and, and yoga retreat. It's with a, a studio I worked with last year in Paris. So they've invited me to facilitate the movement in the morning. So I'm going to hopefully open up the bodies for like some surf time. Cool. I cannot surf to save my life, <laughs> but I am a mermaid. And so I just get out in the ocean and yeah. I try. Nice. <laughs> so that's a couple of things. I am working with um, another company that you'll see in the next uh, hopefully month or so using uh, repurposed uh, nylon from the oceans. Um, to create some products. Oh, cool. Um, so that's like short term. And then obviously um, the constant yoga offering, the corporate brand, your vibe packages, which are now happening and my holistic one-on-one coaching. So Lots of good stuff. You're not one to just be good. like, I'm going to be in this lane and just stay here in this lane. You're like... Well, it's the human doing part and also <laughs> marrying the human being in the moment part, which is my kind of yin and yang. And... Mm. Um, remembering like you know without too much too much pedal to the metal but one shot one life uh curate curate the best you can because again it all starts with you yes well (laughs) i think we've got some insight to this already uh, throughout the conversation but i always ask every guest how they find their wellness bounds. So you know the seven dimensions of yeah, wellness yeah. We'll as well do, as anybody. We'll do it. Well, for, I'll do my personal seven dimensions of wellness and hopefully I'll stick at seven. So first is ritual for me. So uh, first time for the self. So I start definitely each morning with uh, meditation and quiet time um, and I ease into my day. So that's with the gratitude and then movement. And it usually will come in two forms, yoga, uh, asana, the movement of yoga, which is also a form of meditation because you're with your breath or at the gym, trying to do some strength exercises. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it comes to movement and then it comes to career. 
to try and do the best that I can to align myself with purposeful work. So that's the career aspect. And from that will come the financial pillar. You know, that it's not a big driver for me. I just need enough. The environmental wellness is the work that I do with, um, whether it's a plastic or ocean you're living and breathing that one. <laughs> or, or redress. It's just trying to also walk the talk. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, not be afraid to to speak out like uh, you know I, I I feel that there are some people that say that they want to care for the earth but then I see them with a plastic cup or something and I actually call them out I'm like dude what's that mm-hmm. like as but it, with humor so there's the environmental wellness for me mental health is one of of the pillars for sure and is resonating more and more um, with me so that's just doing things um, that give you the opportunity to share your your true self with people. Um, so that's community, friends. And then I think I've gone past seven, but the last one is love and joy. And um, start starts with you. And just with the love and the joy is the connection with the people. I think we, we lose a lot of that these days. So pick up the phone. If you're in a three to five minute WhatsApp conversation, we, we seem to be really scared of hearing each other's voice over yeah. the phone. I'm going to use the word scared. It's yeah. like, it's just weird. Why am I speaking to you? And we need, I, I think we need to get out of that. I think we really do. Um, yeah. And just like smile at someone like you, you, you don't know what anyone else is going through. Um, so those to me are my, the seven things that I try and orbit around this human body daily takes work that's a lot of good tips though i hope everybody was taking some notes in there that's i'm not saying i do them all at once but you know i I try you got a good toolkit yeah you got a good toolkit. i hope people got some tools out of it i'm sure if if they were paying attention they got some good stuff thank you all very much for listening to the show today also thank you to christina lopez mclaughlin for joining me a few things you can do to help out boost health if you'd be so kind please subscribe rate and review the podcast in your podcast app Leave a review on the Boost Health Facebook page, subscribe to the Boost Health TV YouTube channel, and follow My Boost Health on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also visit the Boost Health website at myboosthealth.com for links to everything, along with more motivation and information. Until next time, this is Paul Sandberg for Christina Lopez McLaughlin saying goodbye and find find your your balance. balance.